Hello, and welcome to Crystal Queer, the radio podcast show hosted by me, Ali, the host, uh, brought to you by YDN Radio Brighton, and no longer sponsored, but I, I am looking, I'm begging. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode and want to sponsor me, my email is alimalik430 at gmail.com, get in touch. Uh, today, I am joined by one of my closest friends, and someone I happen to be crashing at at the moment as well, so... Closest friends is a push. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> let's have, let's retake that <laughs> take two. Uh, please introduce yourself, guest, and let us know your pronouns and a fun fact about you. So my name's Buffy, my pronouns are she, they. A fun fact about me is that my favourite animal is an askerol. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to give you, mate. I don't think I've had that one before on the show, so You're I'll welcome. fucking take it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been wanting to do this episode with Buffy for literally... It's been a while. Yeah. I think since we started like working together as well as like I do this podcast show let's get together and do it and mm. it's just not happened until this glorious day until fate brought us together together until um squished my you into my <laughs> squished you into my office also known as my tenancy coming to an end and Brighton being <laughs> shit for housing <laughs> but hey I'll take fate in whatever form it comes in I guess <laughs> um but I've had literally had questions and like just notes apps filled with things for months and months and it's finally happening and it's it's brought us together um so here we are um if you guys have been listening to the podcast for a while you know that I did a episode a while ago um about being trans and I've always wanted to do another episode from another perspective as well um because the first episode that I did was mainly around like trans masculinity as well and this summer we'd love to do a more trans feminine um episode as well just to cover all the grounds um and I think since the first episode that I did I've grown a lot as well and I found out a lot more about myself too um so it only makes sense to do another episode with yours truly ha um yeah anything you want to say before we get started or are we happy to just um let's just jump right in let's just jump right in yeah cool um yeah so Buffy I just want to know like to start off, what is being trans defined like in your in your perspective? I think being trans is, I think it's, it's, I think the understanding of what trans is and was is kind of evolved over time. And I think it's always, I think, you know, people are getting more and more comfortable with themselves. Gen, people are realizing that gender is a lot wiser than what we thought it was. Um, I've been raised to think it yeah. is. So to me, being trans, you know, when I, because I'm 24 now and I came out at 16, and I think being um, being trans when I was 16 was transition. Mm. You um, you medically transition. You go through hormones. You do this. You and then you get then you get surgery and then right. you're done. Like it's like some sort of interesting video game. <laughs> um, like it's got like an end goal. Yeah. Whereas now I think transness is anything that's not cis. Mm. um doesn't have to be binary mm-hmm. um i think transness <laughs> is obviously beyond medical um i think it's just yeah anything that's not cis really. yeah i feel like a very like old-timey description of trans is like following the transsexual ideology where mm. it's like you need to be going on hormones you need to physically have surgeries done in mm. order to actually have transitioned where i think like our modern progressive way of thinking is trans is whatever you want it to be yeah. as long as you understand that that's you yeah point Absolutely. blank that's it it's just 
I think we're we're not there. We're very far from it, but we're a lot closer than we were 10, 20 years ago to now being able to just tell someone that I identify as et cetera, et cetera, and that just being able to be yeah. taken as a fact. I'm well, even sure. even in the seven years that I've been out, like it's changed completely. Like where we were at, mm. like where I was at <clears throat> growing up in um in Newcastle mm. to now, it's like completely different. Like even my ideas of, of what being trans is has changed. Like when I was like when I was sixteen, I had such a set idea of what I thought um, I was going to have to do and what mm. goals I was going to have to set for myself when it came to my transition. Mm. And I think now it's like, it's just kind of like those goals that I thought I was going to have, I've I've kind of approached them, but just not in a way that I thought I would. Mm. And it's like now that everything, like everything that at that, at that age of 16, I thought was done. Done? What am I talking about? <laughs> everything that I thought I had to hit at 16, yeah. even though it's technically been achieved, quote mm. unquote, <clears throat> like how I feel about myself and how my life is going forward from that is completely different because I thought at that age once I hit once I hit 16 mm. sorry once I hit like you know all these surgeries and mm. once I've done everything I will be a cis hat woman and I will yeah. live my life yeah yeah and now it's just like I'm 24 I've done everything that I thought I needed to achieve mm. and it's like fuck dude like I'm not a cishet woman. Mm, <laughs> I'm yeah. just, I'm not that. Yeah. And exactly. I love that. Amazing. Yeah. And like, you've been quite open, like sharing your experiences with people online as mm. you've been going through this stuff. And like, like you just described that you thought there was a time where once you transition, you'd just be a cishet woman. Um, was it kind of difficult, like sharing that experience online and then being like, not, fitting into a traditional mold I guess of what it is like being a trans woman I think what's been wild about having uh being online for so long is that um that like my progression has kind of been visible mm. and when it's like you know like when my following first started happening I was a lot more comfortable with like non um non-binary kind of like I wasn't as binary mm. as um I was a year or two ago before then mm -hmm. and I'd already started to under, and I'd been in London for a while and I'd been around a lot of different types of people and mm -hmm. I'd like been out in my hometown and I think I've just kind of like was already at a point where I was just like I know what I'm doing yeah. and I know who I am right whereas like before I was like I still have to be binary I have to be this this and this yeah um so yeah I think I think it was kind of it's it's kind of nice in a way mm -hmm. to kind of be able to like look back mm -hmm. and see how much that's changed mm -hmm. and like be able to have like a kind of catalog it kind of journals there doesn't it yeah no and it's like you know people's ideas change all the time and people change all the time and obviously when like you know i was like 19 to 20 when it all started happening so like like and i'm 24 like a lot mm -hmm. happens in that time Definitely. regardless if you're trans or not like you change a lot life just happens yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah, definitely. I think it's really important for people to understand as well that like change does happen and it's normal to have your ideas change as you go through the process. Mm -hmm. Like um, speaking for myself, like I think when I first um, came out as genderqueer and started using he, they pronouns at the start, there was a moment in my life where I was like, I don't think I want to stick with he, they and I would like to flip that around a little bit and make that more commonly known as they, he. Um, 
but there was a fear in my head of like are people just not going to take me seriously mm. like what's the change in that what's different in that and you don't know what you you're even thinking you don't know what's going on in your own head but i think it's important to be out with it and talk about it because it's okay to have change it's okay for things to be a bit different um but going back to like you sharing things online like what was the what was the initial motivation for you to like want to share online um honestly like you know before i had because what it was was i had bottom surgery and before i had bottom surgery i think i had like eight thousand people that were following me or something on twitter mm. and like i just mainly posted it like i decided i was going to document it before i had a following or anything like that um <clears throat> and i'd done like one video with pink news or something mm. before i'd like had bottom surgery right and I think it just got me into like, oh, cool. Like social media is pretty awesome, actually. Mm -hmm. Like maybe I should like focus on it more. And then, yeah, like, but mainly I just tweeted about it for my friends. Mm. Um, and then when I had surgery, I was like the most like Gen, am I Gen Z? If I'm 98, Gen Z. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was like the most Gen, I did like the most Gen Z thing of like, I like <laughs> took a picture the minute I woke up from surgery <laughs> and it was like me, like, like, literally like out of my face like on <laughs> fucking morphine or yeah. some shit and was just like I just wrote something right. and then posted it and then fell back asleep because <laughs> I was on morphine and then um woke up and it just blown up right it reached like three million people mainly because the right and the left were mm. debating about me um like got wrapped up in some like insane like my face was being used from in some insane drama from mm. like drama that was like I've been following for a while and I was oh like why God. am I being used and it was yeah. really quite wild like um and yeah and then I just kind of started tweeting and then suddenly you've got like a platform mm. um did you feel pressure with that like yes. coming around yeah no I did and it was it was also like quite a brutal way because I was really thrown in the deep end because it was like it was like turfs mm. um people saying that was a drain on resources all that sort of stuff but what was funny is I was like <laughs> arguing with these people and I needed something to do because I was in hospital you were, yeah, for a week so I was just like just remember her visions of texting being like um I'm on fucking morphine and I can still take you <laughs> yeah. it's just like some half slid fucking answers <laughs> that like tips like well, yeah well fuck you like, do you know what I mean so it's just like it was really like quite I don't know. And then yeah. some for some reason people saw that and were like, we should follow this yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. He's not making any sense. Sense. But um yeah. <laughs> but no, and then yeah, and then yeah, there was a bit of a pressure. Mm. And at first it's addictive and at first I was enjoying it and it was actually nice to feel like people listened. Mm. And then everything that I'd filmed like came in handy because it was a resource that was able to be spread. So it was pretty sick. Um and then yeah, then the pressure came of realizing that I couldn't just like at the, at that point anything that I said would spread like wildfire. Mm -hmm. Less so now, but at that time it was like anything I'd tweet hot topic, hot yeah. topic, and I was like, <clears throat> "Fuck, this is scary." Mm. Um, so it kind of was like there was a point where I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna tweet like a stupid thing," right? And I can't because it's gonna be like interpreted. This is the thing about the internet I found as well as like when you've made your mark on the internet with some niche that has become your associated personality when you tweet or say anything about anything else people are like why talk about that we followed you for this reason oh no seriously like the amount of people that like <laughs> it's been like three tweets since you talked right. about your pussy what's going on what's happening and at the time i used to submit and now recently i think the reason why it doesn't spread like hot wildfire as much anymore is because i don't talk about it all the yeah, time anymore yeah. i'm like i've made the resources i've made the videos 
like I did a collab with Pink News mm. about my bottom surgery. Like there is the so, comments there. It's so there. Yeah. Sometimes I just want to talk about the fact on Twitter that my favorite animal is Nascalol. There you go. Do you know what I mean? I don't, exactly. Like, and I still love talking about bottom surgery, and mm. I still love talking about things that are passionate to me because there is no resources for bottom surgery, which is why I wanted to do it because there were so many times when I was recovering where I was just like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, no one's telling me like. Yeah if this is normal like I'm just right. finding like outdated 1980s psychiatric stuff like where is like the real person being like yeah. my fucking fanny hurts like right. do you know what I mean yeah, like, yeah. that Sometimes kind of just need that yeah because yeah. like where I'm from like the Geordie kind of you know northern humor is just to be very brazen and upfront yeah. and I love that so I thought maybe I can bring some of that humor mm. into a very serious, serious and kind of scary subject for a lot of people because it takes the stigma and the kind of mystery yeah out of it definitely yeah so that was kind of the inspiration really behind why I wanted to share online. I just wanted to give it to people in a, in a, in a approachable way. Right. Yeah. Almost like if your Nana was talking about your funny, but like, but like, yeah. In, in a weird, in a young way. Blood related way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Sounds so dodgy. <laughs> I did that no, out. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> no, but it's so true because like oftentimes it's the subjects that are the scariest that need to be kind of talked about in like a nonsensical mm. jokey manner because i think our generation is solid proof that we go through our traumas making memes about it oh god yeah because fuck dealing with it no literally. um so sometimes you just need someone to be like my pussy hurts and everyone's like haha but same yeah <laughs> and then it was so funny because i couldn't have an orgasm for a year and then when I finally did, I tweet, it's always when I go to sleep and wake up. I like had, and it's always like in the moment, I don't give myself any time. I've had an orgasm for the first time in a year. Right. It was so good that I felt stoned. Yeah. Like I elevated up my body and I just tweeted. Your third eye opened. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> That's what you want to call it. Um, and then like elevated out of my body, tweeted about it in capital letters, like mm. screamed it into the internet void and then woke up. <laughs> <laughs> it reached so a million people and I was like everyone is obsessed with my orgasm <laughs> so that's funny like how like just that many people can be obsessed with like it's the phenomenon yeah I don't know how to say that word of the internet absolutely no bang on absolutely so, do you think like with that platform like has there been cons to it as well like besides the fact that you've been able to be a relatable kind of person for people has there been a flip side to it and um, I think the con is probably like you know it's easy to it's easy for family members that you don't mm. want to find out about things to hear about things um it's easy for right-wing people tips etc to um you know dox you find you mm. harass you um I think there's an element of dehumanizing you as mm. well like sometimes people kind of look to you for the answers for everything or can't read nuance to certain things that you might say and I think mm -hmm. sometimes that can be really frustrating mm -hmm. because I'm like like dude like I'm also a person that's on the internet like like and I'm and we're all guilty of that like anyone we follow like who's got a big following or if you watch mm -hmm. drama or anything like that we're always a bit like mm -hmm. they're kind of like there's like a bit less of a human aspect to them because we're kind of like we're just conditioned to conditioned. think that like people with big followings must just have this like strong persona and mine's not even that big like I'm not even like that I'm not like a super 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 well-known person mm -hmm. on the internet but it's just like within the queer circles yeah but like, as soon as people see like the k next to the number of your followers they're like cool 
this is full consent and permission to bully and harass this person. <laughs> they're like, they're like, yeah, she she deserves it. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think that like with what you brought up as well, this is a perfect time to kind of talk about something quite recent to us as well. Um, so if you've been on the internet at all, you've definitely seen that we had a Brighton turf protest Ooh. happen um, quite recently, depending on when you're listening to this and when I upload this, um, it happened recently, um, which was, it was an event that like had been publicized for a couple and they've been promoting it a lot and I've not been looking forward to the day to come at all, um, but it has finally happened. Mm. Um, Buffy was at the event um yeah. joining the anti-protesters yeah plot um, twist that we have uno reverse actually charge. buffy was there with the protesters. <laughs> <laughs> she was on the turf side just really like rallying them up you know it. yeah um this episode is actually an intervention this was We're a about trap. To... <laughs> so buffy tell us about you being a turf <laughs> um but yeah buffy was there with the anti-protesters um against is it Posey Parker? Posey Parker, Posey yeah. Posey Parker, that's Shit the name. name yeah, I mean, Posey. Telling trans babes. people that they're weird for picking their own names and she comes out with Posey. Yeah, I mean, come on now, babes. Let's, <laughs> let's do better than that. <laughs> um, yeah, what can, you, what can you tell us about the protest? <clears throat> it was kind of, so I, you know, I hadn't been to anything for a while because I'd been a bit of a social hermit for a year. I don't know what's going on. Um... And, and and yeah, po- but Posey Parker, um, particularly, uh, well, no, I know I work very well, work being evil mm. deeds that she mm. just continues to do. She's like, she's honestly, she's foul, like one of the worst people ever. Like, she's just like all the Karens, like combined, mm-hmm. she's got such a cult following as well. But even gender critical feminists and uh, TERFs and stuff like that, um, some of them even don't like her. Mm. Um, but the people that do like her are very hard right wing, very like she's like lined up with like, you know, um, white supremacist groups and stuff like that. She's really, really a, a nasty piece of work. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and I've been aware of her for a while because when I first came out as trans, she was on the TV uh, oh, and right. she scared the living daylights out of me with the stuff yeah. she was saying on this morning, which is like the biggest. How uh, UK incredible. Show. Mm. Um, and basically, yeah, she's just nasty. She's quite. She's on a hate tour. She came to Brighton, and I thought I should go. Yeah. And um, it was yeah, it was it was a lot, really. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, we don't have to go fully into like this. I because I don't even want to really give them much of that attention anyway. Um, but something that Buffy and I have been talking a lot about just on our day to day talk basis now mm-hmm. has been about like needing more cis people to come yeah. and support trans people at these protests yeah. because it's one thing to be able to just sit around and be like oh i really support trans people and i have trans friends and whatever whatever mm. but then when time comes to actually stand up for those people if you're like, not there you? then it just you if you're not walking the walk then you're not really doing that yeah. support yeah um and the reality of it is that as much as it's great for trans people to be there they're going to be the subject of um hate crimes the mm. most especially if you're a person of color in the trans mm. community as well yeah. but if you're going to be a cis person supporting it nine out of ten times you're going to get less hate just because of the way that you pass so we need that we need more cis people being there standing <clears> up <throat> for 
their friends, Absolutely. really. And the thing is, as well, like, you know, I've been out for a long time. I've grew up in the north of England. I've heard it all. Mm. Um, and I think being there and I made sure, like, you know, they were filming us to obviously get reactions because right. that's what they do. Yeah. Um, and I was stood and I decided I was going to stand at the front line the whole time um, and like let them take pictures. I'm not going to hide my face. I'm not, I'm like not ashamed of who I am. Mm. Um, and I, you know, I had direct confrontations with them. I had confrontations with the gay people that were mm. part of them. There was like this one guy and I literally like just said to him like shame on you and mm-hmm. I was like I was like you know you we are literally at where you are at 50 years ago mm-hmm. and trans people stood with you mm-hmm. and you're and now that you've got your rights you're turning your back on us mm-hmm. and they, you know they tried to hit me with the whole um this he was like you're he was like you youngins don't know we went through AIDS you we went through that and I went exactly you went through all of that mm. and trans people were also affected by the AIDS crisis and like where we like and like they were there with you they mm. were went through and you're you've turned your back on them it's and i just, was like you should be ashamed of yourself and you know like saying that to his face this one gay guy yeah he completely like uh shut down he, he didn't know what to say anymore yeah. but um yeah it, like like you said as well like with cis allies like mm. there was some there and they were really like monumental mm-hmm. to be there mm-hmm. and it is important like I'm gonna hold my friends like who are cis in my life to a bit more of a standard because Absolutely. I'm like I'm like after yesterday I'm so I'm angry yeah <laughs> like I'm full of fire and I'm like I need you there mm-hmm. you need to show up be there stand up like protect your trans friends mm-hmm. your family members everything like yeah yeah protests aren't like just because a protest or a march or a support system has a certain community's name attached to it does not mean that it's an open invitation only to those people mm. that's open to everyone that is supportive of mm. that community my friend tom who was there was cis and uh het and he was an ally mm-hmm. and you know like i can stand in front of them and have it and take whatever they say to me and debate with them but him coming over, the, the, like, one instant, like, did make me feel safer. Yeah. And, like, you know, his presence helped a lot. Definitely. So, like, that does need to be a thing. It makes a difference. It, it really does difference. make a difference. Um, yeah, and that kind of leads me to, like, when you see trans representation in the media, be it in the form of, like, television or film or mm. just, like, the news, um, how do you think that's mirroring reality now like in 2022 do you think the media is kind of getting it a bit more accurate do you think they're being a bit more productive with it i think there's always room for improvement Mm. and but i think it's on the right direction Mm -hmm. i think that like it's being heard more Mm. um i think that the fact that the casting trans actors in trans roles Mm is amazing i mean i wouldn't i couldn't have imagined seeing something like pause on the telly like Mm. even five years ago like I think it's going in the right direction. I just think it needs to keep up its momentum. I don't want it to be like a a thing of like people being like, like cis people being like, well, trans people are my muse mm-hmm. right now. They're my creative muse. We need to get like trans people to come into our films. And then in like another five years, like forget what a trans person is. Like right. I really need that to keep going. Um, and also like, don't just cast trans actors in just roles about being trans. Cast them in films about not being trans. This like, is exactly what I was going to say is like, um... Yasmin, who's a breakout trans star who had her role at Heartstopper, um, now going to be in Doctor Who as well. Oh my she, god, I know. She did an interview recently, well, I say recently, it was a couple of months ago now, but um, fairly recently, where she said that she event- she thinks that her fight for like 
the fight for trans rights in the media will slowly get there when they stop casting trans people to only play trans roles. <clears throat> yeah. Because it shouldn't have to be spotlighted into like, well, you're trans, so you can only play that one role, babe. Mm, Sorry, you can't do anything yeah. else. And who knows, maybe in the Doctor Who cast, maybe she isn't playing a trans role. Yeah, and, um, I, and I love Doctor Who. I've been a fan of Doctor Who for years. And Doctor Who is all about like, it's always had like, it's always played around with gender a little bit and like and aliens and uh, sexuality. Like mm. there's always been a, a spectrum of sexuality that's been in like, especially like Russell T Davies kind of era yeah. uh, with David Tennant and stuff like that. And obviously going forward from what I remember mm -hmm. for that time, which is what I was always watching. It was very, very like forward thinking in mm -hmm. many ways. Mm -hmm. And I'm really excited to see what they do with Yasmin uh, Yasmin's character. Yeah, I do know that she's going to be Donna's daughter, who's my favorite companion. Yes, and yeah. like, she's going to be called Rose, which is after yeah. one of yeah. the first companions. And I'm like, it's already like, obsessed. It's like some sort of weird like dream that yeah. I had is coming yeah. true. But and it's yeah, happening finally. Yeah, um, I did. So I did my dissertation this uh, final year of uni on Euphoria, the mm. TV show, um, which has made a lot of numbers, obviously mm. for being a very, very clear representative show mm. um but something interesting that i'd read about was like when i first watched the show as just a viewer and not someone analyzing it for my dissertation at first glance i was super excited by the fact that you know hunter schaefer plays jules and completely out trans women on the show and obviously her being an out trans woman in real life as well that mm. to me was so exciting and it still is a very exciting thing to happen yeah just seeing her being a model in real life, like, you know, walking runways, being on covers of magazines and stuff, it's great. I just, I'm pretty sure that was a RuPaul lyric I just said, um, which has offended me already. Um, <laughs> um, right, let's get rid of Ali. Right. <laughs> We're going to replace the host for the show. This is my final episode. <laughs> um, just another nail in the coffin. <laughs> my impending cancel party on Twitter is happening. Um, yeah, and then when I was doing my dissertation on Hunter Schaefer, um, I saw a lot of trans teenagers um, and young adults that were actually kind of upset um, by having her play the role because they thought that she represents a very privileged form of trans person mm -hmm. um, playing that role. Um, so I'm curious to kind of know what your views are on that as well, because a lot of people were like, she's a white, very female passing trans person. Mm -hmm playing a role that, you know, being trans isn't necessarily a big part of Jules' storyline either. Mm. Um, what do you think about that? I think that absolutely there's, there's parts of that that are absolutely true. Like, you know, they, they did cast a white mm. uh, trans woman to play to play Jules. And, you know, like, and, she, you know, she is, she, yeah, she was like, you know, very hyper femme, cis passing, stuff like that. Um, and no, I totally understand mm. that. Like, I, I hear that side of things for mm. sure. I think that Hunter Schaefer um, is, I, I really do like mm. her. Mm. I think that how they d decided to interpret Jules, mm -hmm. like how they did her storyline, the fact that her being trans is mentioned like once or mm. twice is brilliant. And I yeah. love that Zendaya, who mm -hmm. is like Jules' love interest, like it's not a thing, it's not a conversation that they have, it's yeah. not like, it's just two um, girls falling in love, yeah. and that like the fact that Jules is trans is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. And some people can be like, "Why isn't it mentioned enough?" And I'm like, it, "It's meant. It is mentioned, but it's not the hyper focus." And this I think that's. And I think that in a weird a way, that's quite revolutionary I think for like, trans characters in media. Exactly, and I think like 
queer people for so long have fought to be able to be represented in a TV show without yeah. it being spotlit. Yeah. And it's finally happening. I think we're finally in a point, even with Heartstopper, none of the characters are necessarily pinpointed as what they are. Yaz's yeah. character is not even mentioned to be trans once in this entire season. Mm. The only signifier being she used to be in the boys' school, now she's in the girls' school. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's beautiful that we've come to a point where we can just let characters do and breathe what they are mm. without it being a thing. Like, Rue's character in Euphoria is non-binary, but people don't really figure that out because it's never really mentioned. Why is Rue non-binary? So Rue's meant to be a non-binary character. And it was only really talked about with, like, there's, like, a very small line in the show, I think, where she says that she doesn't necessarily feel uh, masculine or feminine. And then it was more of a Zendaya talking about it in magazines outside of the show. I love how, like, it's so subtle that I didn't even know that. This is the thing. Like, um, it's just incredible how well they've done it. And I think, obviously, it's such a valid discussion with Hunter Schaefer's, like, role in the show. But I agree with you. Like, what she does with the role is just as important. Um, yeah, and, and you know, like, and I hope that Hunter Schaefer, like, takes, the, like, is aware of that and uses that, like, you know what I mean? It, like, uses that privilege correctly. Definitely, yeah. And I think, like, yeah, it's, it, it is, it, there does need to be more, um, like, like, diversity. Yeah. When, within hiring, you know, like, trans actors, like, because it is, it is like Hunter Schaefer is like white, yeah, beautiful, just high, like, and that's like, like so fine. Yeah, it's just that I hope that from <clears throat> here onwards, we also like we include um, trans people that are not necessarily passing as uh, any gender or like having more trans but, men. But, in yeah, but you know, as well, like, but the only other thing is about like when people say that you know Hunter Schaefer is 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 like cis passing and mm. stuff like that, like that's kind of also there is also a bit of a layer sometimes of people putting that onto trans women yeah. like oh you sit you pass a cis right. and it's like okay but like because i used to have that as well sometimes and it's like okay i get that you say this mm. but some like you know you don't like some people can look at hunter schaefer and decide that she doesn't pass like in the street or something like that because you know Hunter Schaefer for me was really revolutionary mm-hmm. for my own identity mm-hmm. because like there are aspects of her face that are really androgynous mm-hmm. and stuff. And like I think like like sometimes, of course, like passing assists and stuff is mm-hmm. a privilege, but sometimes it can also take away from like when people say that, I feel like it can take away from the fact that there are trans women like who have been through a lot as well, regardless of this passing or not. 100%. Like because like I for longer this time, like I barely get misgendered, but I've been through some like mm. really really bad stuff mm-hmm. and of course I'm aware of like how that privilege can have like you know make me feel like can benefit me mm-hmm. but sometimes it can always be like thrown at me as if like well, yeah. your cis passing so and I'm like yeah no and but- the battle shouldn't really be a battle of like cis passing and non-cis passing people like it should just be a it can feed into a toxic mentality that yeah. starts to divide trans girls up Exactly. And, I, and I, I've seen it, exactly. and I don't like it. No, like it's not. It, this isn't the time for people within the community already to have to have those discussions against each other. Well, the whole thing about passing, non-passing, as well. Like it's it's what inspired that horrible word of like use of the word brick, like right. and stuff like that. Like it feeds into yeah something that's really awful. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes even cis women, like sometimes they like judge each other and like how they're comparing yourself 
comparing themselves to each other like that's like such a pressure that's put onto women and I feel like it feeds into trans women as well but it's more about passing and non-passing it's like oh well she looks more feminine than me and she's got more bigger tits than me and like right and it's like it's it's like that thing that gets toxic does that make any sense absolutely or am I just chatting shit no you make complete sense like and I'm just conscious and aware of it you know yeah yeah I think like for me like going past everything that we've had so far with the modern like representation I would just like to see more like trans men in tv mm. and film roles as well because i do feel like they're very underrepresented Absolutely. And i think i think a big part of that also lies into people are like oh well you know male privilege is a thing but also i think unfortunately a lot of people do see trans men as like well they used to be women and then that like hidden misogyny of things comes into play as well yeah um and it does undermine their representation on tv um and also like the way that i've sometimes seen like trans men who talk about their experiences being trapped like on the basis that they're men i'm like i'm like yeah but they're they're also like they are trans men yeah like you can't take away no you can't be like well you can't speak yeah because you're a man no. and it's like yeah of course like trans men are men but like if they're talking about their experience like that's that's part of being trans exactly. like that's something that you need to acknowledge in exactly. here. Yeah. Um, and it does need to be on, like, there needs to be more trans characters. Definitely. I've not seen like, many. No, and like, I think the times that I have seen them, it's always been trans men that are super hyper masculine. There is that thing that, like, when a trans guy has transitioned, they have to be super macho. Um, mm. I think, like, one of the best representations that I were to see of that being a bit different on TV was, like, Got Mick being on Drag Race, being Got a more Mick, yeah. feminine gay man, um, who is, happens to also be a trans man. I think, like, that was one of the first times that I had also seen a more lighter, quote-unquote, like, feminine trans man. I think, um, I think, and, and that's the thing, like, you know, trans people, like, everyone is held so strongly to, to gender roles, like, if you're a man, you have to be this, you have to be this, you have to be this. If you're a woman, you have to be this, you have to be this, you have to be this. Mm. And everyone is like, obviously affected by those roles, but trans people especially, like are extra held to those roles. Like you've got like, it's like, you, if you, it's like almost like, if you want to be one of us, you have to do this, this and this. And you know, trans people internalize that shit a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think when you get to a point where you realize that gender is actually really fluid, yeah. there's like so many things that I've let go of. Yeah like as a trans woman like that trans like no i know so many i know like so many trans guys and every and you've put them in a line every single one presents differently wears different things wears makeup doesn't wear makeup Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful because because like fucking it's 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 all a spectrum and you don't have to be on that spectrum no and that that being represented on media like on in tv is so so important you know like one of my biggest fights at the moment is um, a friend of ours at work um, is quite similar to me in terms of how we both identify mm-hmm. using why well, use they, he, they use they, them pronouns, but we're both like on the male presenting spectrum. Mm-hmm. And something that we both talk a lot about is how non-binary representation on television has been a lot of like, um, like female presenting non-binary people we haven't really seen many male presenting people on tv that happen to be non-binary which does have a domino effect in our real lives because Mm. we both tend to be heed a lot in our working spaces Mm. in our public spaces 
because people haven't seen that on TV. And unfortunately, we are in a world where if you're not seeing it on TV, then therefore it doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, and it would be nice to see more of that flip side of things because people do automatically assume that facial hair and a deep voice means that you must be solid man. Yeah. And it's not the case. It just isn't. Mm. And the more it gets talked about, it's one of the reasons why we're here doing this at all is just that's it's a conversation. Yeah. The more it happens, the more we get to where we need to be. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I feel like we've got some of like the deep stuff out the way. Um, me and Buffy when planning this episode, we were like, what do we like want to talk about and stuff? And one of the things I did want to cover was the trans brown, but I I think it'll be fun if we just talk about some of the shit that we've just been doing as well. Yeah, why not? For the last week or two. Oh my god. Lives. <laughs> um, so to like keep everyone in the loop, um, I moved in with Buffy right two weeks ago, um, thanks to Brighton Housing Situations. Mm -hmm. um, and we're currently in my last couple of days of me being at Buffy's, which is very upsetting. They're I'm... so part of my furniture. I don't know <laughs> yeah, what I'm Literally. Um, it's been really freaking lovely and we've done some fun things. Um, it's like it's like been a two week long sleepover with like a really close mate. Yeah. It's just really cute. Yeah, like, basically. And literally, and like we've had zero arguments. We've been very respectful of each other's boundaries. It's just been, it's yeah, been great. Exactly. Um, but what have, we do what have we been doing, Buffy? Um, besides me getting my ass kicked in Mortal Kombat. I was going to, I mean, I was going to say that's it, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. So that's it. I've just made Ali cry a lot. <laughs> just made Ali cry a lot playing Mortal Kombat. Like, I'm not inherently <laughs> a competitive person. They are. I'm a friendly competitive person. How awful. <laughs> I'm a monster. Um, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. But um, we've been playing as, so Buffy's character to go to as Scarlet. Scarlet, yeah. She's like this weird blood witch. Yeah, yeah. Where I'm like, Katana is my comfortable ground. But apparently recently I found out I'm okay at Cabal. Um, yeah, which is you are very good. You are very good at Cabal. Thank you. Um, you know, I've been getting my odd wins here and there, but um, it has been a lot of, Mostly losses. Though. Yeah, the losses, <laughs> the loss round of life. <laughs> um, but something that we've both been trying to get everyone our lives into is Call of the Lambs. And oh, if you're not playing it, play it. Because what the fuck? Call of the Lamb, like I got recommended it on fucking uh, PlayStation. Mm. And it's everything in a game that I want. Mm -hmm. It's like a demonic, it's like Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, like yeah. dungeon runner type game. It's like a demonic possessed lamb. It's like cutesy art, but like really dark themes. Yeah. And I started playing it and I was like, no, this is everything I love in a game and more. And then just started telling everyone at work about it. And now everyone's obsessed. Everyone's and playing, yeah. And now because Ali, because I'm into cool shit, okay? Yeah. And because Ali's obviously here and like, I was just like, oh, I'm going away if you just play it. Yeah. And I came back like four hours later <laughs> and they were still there building a little cult. I was like, was so I'm cute. on day 24 of my cult. <laughs> and I'm like, please just drink some water. Literally. It was really funny. Um, why have you named your cult? Let everyone know. Cult of Tran. Amazing. Stunning. Um, should I name this episode Cult of Tran? <laughs> I think so. I think that could be funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, mine is Cult of Camp because obviously um brand value um we've been watching so buffy introduced me to nighty night um, oh my god <laughs> which yeah. we watched the entirety of within 24 hours Hi, Kat. Hi, Kat. Honestly. Um, so now we literally just walk around the house shouting jill terrell um quotations to each other i feel like jill terrell is like an unknown queer icon mm. in, in many ways like 
petition to get a queen to do her own snatch game, Drag Race UK, Literally. make it happen. Like it's very like problematic in areas because oh, yeah. it's like early two thousands British British humor. comedy, but yeah. like it's very very like it's very iconic. Yeah, like there's like a Jill Terrell there was a Jill Terrell like um drag queen yes, competition in the yeah. Royal Vauxhall in London, and I want to go so bad. Ooh, ooh. That would be my phone, guys. Sorry. It's basically telling me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Um, it's also me just being wary that my Zoom might scream at me, but <laughs> I think we're fine so far, so it's all good. Good, good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty iconic. Yeah. I feel um, like we've learned a lot while we've been here. Yeah, I feel like I'm leaving this house a much more British person than I entered this house. Okay, in. this is cute. Why don't we say one thing that we've learned about each other since living with each other? Oh my god, okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I can go first if you want. Yes, to okay, go for it. One thing that I've learned about Ali is that no matter where they are in the house even if even after they've left like four hours later the smell of their lush perfume <laughs> is still there like some sort of like elusive sense specter like i was walking around the hallway earlier and i was like is ali home and then like and then danny was my, my boyfriend was like no and i was like oh my god this like this room just still smells like them and they probably just passed through the hallway for like three seconds so i'd say it's very impressive I, that they leave like a specter of yourself it's really nice i didn't know i didn't realize i do that like i've been told by people that i smell good which is always my favorite compliment yeah it's gorgeous but i didn't realize that the smell lingers on um, honestly i've never smelled anything it's incredible and i don't know how you do it i don't either honestly <laughs> i really don't um but while everyone's listening if you want to know the alley scent please smell the salty body spray at lush instantly because it's literally my favorite thing in my world it'll still haunt you always yeah there's multiple people <laughs> in my life that can vouch for that actually <laughs> um i think if i've learned anything from you while living with you has been how to have a good time with the most minimalistic of things mm. like you know exactly how to entertain yourself and everyone around you without having to go ham like oh. in terms of like monetary value in terms of like super high energy or whatever you just know how to make everyone around you feel good and have a good time oh. without having to go crazy um, oh, he said a soppy one. I'm gonna. No, cry. it's true though because, like, I don't know. I think it's a talent to be able to do that because not a lot of people can do that without just having to go that extra mile. But you just do it naturally, and it's crazy. Oh, thank um, you. Of course, like I think <laughs> it's a it's a running joke between like Buffy and I's friends, uh, where like we always joke about how. <laughs> Buffy's the most lavish and expensive living person <laughs> in the most minimalistic <laughs> sense of that word. And it's really funny. Like, I've not been out of this house with Buffy at any point and not taxied around Brighton. <laughs> and if you live around Brighton, you know what the cost of living is like around here. Um, and I think it's impressive. Thank you. <laughs> of Thank course. You so much. Of course. Um, is there anything else you want to say or you want to share to the pod before we start to wrap it up? Um, I'd probably just to hammer in cis allies we need you to step up like yeah. come on like you can say you got your trans friends and stuff you yeah. say you got the backs but are you holding my hands at the at the at the protests and where it matters because yesterday was scary mm -hmm. and at times and yeah we need you there it absolutely. makes a difference because they'll listen to you more than us unfortunately absolutely so yeah just be there mm -hmm. um and uh be groovy. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I don't know. That don't know. Um, yeah, absolutely. Visit like... Newcastle in summer. It's lovely that time of year. There you go. <laughs> Newcastle tourism has currently sent you a DM being yeah, like, yeah. you're in the new face of branding. <laughs> Would you like a key to the city? All and I'm right. like, no thanks. I'm good. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Just to like echo that. And like, if there are any um, event planners or people in the trans community that are listening to this as well that want to do anything like, Obviously, with what just recently happened with the Terror Pride, I think it's shook up Brighton a little bit, um, especially the queer community down here. So I think we deserve to have some events of love happening around soon. Yeah. Just to bounce back up and remember that not everyone has a shitty ideology. Yeah. So if anyone is around and listening and wants to plan anything out, let's just get some good, loving events going on for queer, especially trans people. Go out and kiss a trans person today. Yeah. Literally. consensually yes. like sponsor them like a snow leopard uh, <laughs> aren't they going extinct <laughs> i mean quick give me an animal that's not going extinct uh they're all going extinct um, um fuck um let's ask well. david next episode we've got david adam that's on my podcast so send in your questions trans person in there natural habitat <laughs> amazing you can um, see them crying into their estrogen <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that is a great place to leave this episode. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I know it's been literally eight months. You since just said literally. Literally, I did. I I'm going to leave this house as a Geordie person. I went out with my friend the other day, and I was like, I'm so excited for the show, and I go to oh, work. No, like, no. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> it's passing. Um, yeah, I know it's been eight months since I've done a last episode and I haven't talked about it much during this episode because every time I say, hey guys, sorry I've been offline for a couple of months, I do it again. So maybe if I don't bring it up, it won't happen again. Um, but I swear, I am trying to be consistent. Life has been kicking me up the ass. I finished uni officially though, so I should be a more free. Give them a break. They're sleeping in my office. Right, on A honestly, bundle of blankets. Honestly, it's been a, it's, it's a hard life, but we're going to bounce back and I'm going to be back on making more content. It's time for me to get creative again. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you on the next episode of Crystal here. Love ya. Support your trans friends. Bye. Bye. <laughs>